Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, on this morning's show, I want to delve into a topic that I've never really discussed on the program before. In short, I want to talk about former pro athletes who are now sports parents themselves and how they view their own kids as they aspire to climb the ladder in the world of competitive sports. Now, we already know that that lots of sports parents dream big for their sons and daughters about not only being good enough to someday receive a college athletic scholarship, but even perhaps going beyond the college years and being good enough to play pro ball. Uh, Over the years, I've spoken with countless moms and dads about their dreams for their athletic kids. And, you know, truth is, even though there's certainly nothing wrong about having big dreams for one's children, I must confess that I wince a little when the parents seem to be so sure and so confident that their athlete is going to be one of the very few who will indeed be good enough to play in college and then at the pro level. But here is the irony. Whenever I speak to actual former pro athletes who are now sports parents themselves, in general, they seem to be a little more reserved about their dreams for their kids in sports. That is, they certainly all have similar dreams, but the former pro athletes seem to be a little more quiet about it. And to that end, I I wanted to bring on Roman Oban, who's a, a former NFL star and whose son RJ is enjoying a spectacular career at St. Peter's Prep over in New Jersey. Uh, you know, highly recruited as a defensive end, R.J. has committed to play football at Duke. As for Roman, well, he's a former 12-year NFL offensive lineman who was a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, he starred at the University of Louisville before being drafted by the Giants. And these days, Roman serves as the NFL's director of youth and high school football. In short, you couldn't ask for a more perfect parent to talk about one's son playing sports. Roman, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for getting up early this morning. Let, let's talk about my, my, my thesis, my premise here. I mean, you've been there, Roman. You've been a top NFL player for more than a decade. Now you're a sports parent. So when you look at your own son, at RJ, and you talk with him about playing college football, and, uh, you know, and he was recruited by a lot of schools, what do you tell him about what to expect first at the collegiate level? I think that when you go through the process of you know visiting schools and 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 it's and he knows that it's fortunate to be considered a you know a Division One athlete and and one of my colleagues uh, Howard Cross you know his son goes to St. Joe's Prep and they actually uh, St. Joe's Regional Montville uh, New Jersey they just they beat St. Peter's last night uh, yesterday for the uh, to advance to the state so I was very happy for Howard Cross and his son Howard Jr. who's committed to Notre Dame so. Having kids that were born the same year, and we've kind of gone through this together. I always say that it's we got to focus on the process because we've been through it. And mm-hmm. so, when you're visiting schools and you're and you're saying, "Listen, this is what you expect. These are the questions you're going to ask." 
uh, you know, recruiting has become about putting on a jersey and, and taking pictures in front of a locker room and, and, and showing the experience. But um, you've you got to make sure, I mean, you're making these decisions at 16, 17 years old. They're going to affect the rest of your life. So right. you need to ask more than just surface-level questions uh, about you know, what are the home and away jerseys and what's the schedule and what do the facilities look like and are we going to win a national championship? Like, you really got to say this is a place where I can succeed in that next phase of life, which is that uh, 18 to 22, 18 to 23 years old when and when most of us really learn how to become adults and learn how to manage our time. Yeah, and, and obviously you must look back upon your own collegiate career because obviously your son is going to be, you know, going into Duke. Uh, to play football, and, and uh, you know, he's a big kid. He's, what, 6'4", about uh, 240, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, about 240. So, so you know, he, he knows this is going to be a step up, but obviously people like yourself who have been through the wars at the collegiate level and then have played at the NFL, you know, you, you, he's going to be looking to you, uh, not just, of course, as, as a father and as a role model, but to say, say Dad, what happens here? What, what can I expect? How is it going to be different from what I've been accustomed to at, at, uh, in high school? Well, there's a there's a physical development aspect to this, and and I think the the reason I, I trusted you know uh, Rich Hansen and his his staff and, and St. Peter's and then that system you know they play Bosco and Bergen and all those schools uh, in that in that division right is that you're you're playing against kids in your class that are going to be D1 athletes you know FCS athletes and and so so coming out of eighth grade. Uh, we were vis- standing on the sidelines watching Minka Fitzpatrick, Brandon Winbush, and, and all these guys in that, that class. So if, and I said, if this nets out and you are a Division II recruiter, you're a, whatever you are, you're going to know it because of the, the competition that you face and how you do against that competition. So I think being realistic about those expectations early on um, and just making sure from a child development standpoint um, that he was growing, you know, consistent with what he needed. And so, you know, he didn't, you know, I think RJ's got a June birthday, so he just turned 17 um, in June. So a lot of kids are now 15 when they get to high school, and they're developed, uh, their parents held them back for development or for whatever, or reclassed in, in junior high school. Um, we didn't do that, and so I knew that he was going to struggle physically a little bit earlier because he was, you know, 13, 14, you know, coming into high school, not 15, so physically, you just don't mature until you're like 16 years old, and so um, and and again, and I think as a parent, I would say you know as a parent first, you don't no one wants to see their kids struggle or do poorly, but you want to continue to just build your kid's confidence, um, knowing that at the end of it, he's going to be six three, six four, he's going to be bigger, longer, you know. Eventually, your body has to catch up with you versus you know some of the smaller kids. Um, who are shiftier and a little bit earlier because um, of lower center of gravity, but um, they don't peak to the same level as a bigger kid who actually continues to get better into his teenage years, into his you know adult years. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, I hear what you're saying. And we're talking with Roman Oban this morning about his son. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the sometimes parents forget about the adolescence impact and the fact that the, and they continue to grow and 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 change, uh, not just uh, you know uh, physiologically, but obviously you know uh, psychologically as well as they begin to you know master more skills and get a, a more of a sense of confidence. Now, now, Roman, I know, I know education is important to you, and 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 obviously. Uh, you know, when your son was being recruited by a number of uh, programs, I'm sure, and maybe I'm just assuming this, that academics was something that was very important to you and to RJ. Tell me, because obviously he's going to Duke, which is a top top school academically. Yeah, well, and, 
again, and, and I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, as a parent, and I say this all the time, uh, all you can do is get your kids to the bus stop every day, and, and eventually they have to buy in on their own, mm-hmm. you know, when they're, when they're away from home, and that's in the classroom, you know, the decisions that they make, you know, how they, uh, uh, how they show themselves on, you know, digitally, like social media, some of those things, so, um, yes, he was a good, he's a good student, I'm very proud of that, uh, more, more so than anything, but, when we started looking at schools, um, and, and, and I went to Louisville, full disclaimer, uh, I went to University of Louisville. Right. Um, I said that let's, let's, let's look at academically the, the U.S. News and World Report, you know, top 50, top 100, and let's pull away all the football, the D1 football schools um, from that. And I said that is going to be the schools that you choose from. So if you went down the line, um, you know, Duke, Boston College, uh, Virginia and, and, and Vanderbilt and, you know, Northwestern, was we visited Northwestern. And, and so, um, again, it's a privilege to be in that position to make those choices. Um, uh, but, again, it, it, it's focus on if, if football never happens after college, like you need to make sure you're in the best position to succeed in your, li- in your life. And, um, and I think the biggest misnomer that people tell athletes in college, it's like, well, focus on school because if, if it's good something to fall back on. That's the worst advice. You're in school to go to school. You're in college to learn and become an adult and, and learn economics or business or finance. And if sports works out, now you know how to manage yourself, know how to manage your time, you know how to manage yourself socially because you've been you've been in school for and you've been around these high academic kids um, who are going to be continue to be successful in life. You have a pool of people to lean on, um, and I think that's sometimes you know culturally. When we grow up and we don't have those role models, we don't have dads and people that are, understand finance and understand. And you know, you've, if you have a, you know, you're from a family that isn't well educated in certain areas, you don't have any perspective. And so, I mean, it was very fortunate. It's one thing to grow up in a locker room, you know, and you grow up and you know you're in second grade and you're getting the Dane Thompson's gloves and you're taking them to class the next day. But I mean, the, the, the reality is that you're you're around a lot of people that have a lot of perspective, and I think. Talking to some of my former teammates, like Howard, like you know Sam Madison, lives in Florida. I think he coaches at St. Thomas Aquinas, another big time program um, down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, we all say the same thing: like, look, focus on school. We know football's hard. We know, you know, spring conditioning, spring practices, managing your schedule. Like, you need to go somewhere where you you think you can be successful. Um, and anywhere, and if that's a local school, Rutgers, if it's Villanova, Delaware, wherever, you know, I, I think well, it's. You've got to make that best decision for you. I, I, I'm listening to you, and I, I, I'm just uh, you know soaking us all in because again, it's one thing if, if you're hearing it from uh, another sports parent or or perhaps a coach. When you when you hear it from this kind of advice and insight from a, a former top NFL player who played for a long time at, you know, at at the top of his game professionally, and you're telling your son, look, you understand. You know, it's it's about education and the fact that you you understand that this is going to drive you far beyond just playing college sports, maybe even pro ball. The fact is, the education becomes so paramount, and that's the lesson we we want all the sports parents to understand that it's not about putting 
you know, football or basketball or baseball or soccer, and then the, the education is something to fall back on. No, no, no. It's the education that's the top priority here, and, and that's what it's all about. And I, I got to tell you, Roman, uh, that's, that's the ultimate lesson that we want all sports parents to understand and to absorb. Um, look, let me, let, me, let me take a time out here. We're talking with Roman Oban. We're talking about his son, RJ, who is a top uh, Division One football prospect. He's already committed to Duke. Uh, obviously, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a terrific football player and a great kid as well. Uh, let me take a pause. Dave, URM has your sports update. When I return, we'll open the phone lines here. Uh, if you have any calls or comments uh, about sports parenting from the perspective of a former pro athlete, one 337 And back here on the Sports Edge, we're talking this morning with a longtime former NFL star, Roman Oman, about being a sports parent to his son, RJ. And, you know, uh, I have to ask you, Roman, when, when your son was going through the uh, college recruiting process uh, and, and the coaches were talking to him and obviously were talking to you as well, what were the coaches, how did they treat you uh, as, as somebody who had played the NFL? How, how, you know, tell me how that interaction, how that went down. Well, I, I certainly uh, received a lot of respect for walking into the building, and, and, <laughs> and um, but but I think coaches always expect a certain type of maturity when they when they have a parent, a dad that's either a high school coach, yeah, or a former uh, NFL college you know player because they know the, the right questions to ask. So there would be certain times where I would just talk some stri- uh, football. Uh, with them and just what was their defensive philosophy and what do they believe in and what do they t- and just some more granular level questions and there were some times where I would just walk out the room and let them get to know him because I think it it, it could just it can be intimidating I think yeah I'm when, sure um, and then you'd see other families there where there's six seven family members mom dad parents younger brothers and they're asking all the questions and the kid who's going to actually spend the next four or five years in that in that environment is 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 not asking any questions at all so. When you deal with the you know when you deal with the the position coaches the the head coach the academic uh, staff um, I always made sure I left the room when he's talking to academic people so he could ask specific questions about the schedule and and what type of things they're going to do you know how do they practice in the morning do they do they have a dedicated football uh, you know study hall is it one shared with all the student athletes like all those specific questions. You know, are things, is the facilities close to the dorms, like where they live? Is, is, he's going to need a ride or a shuttle all the time. You know, that's going to, is weather play into that? Um, when you talk about schools like Syracuse where it snows a lot on, on campus. So those are the questions you, you have you have to ask, but they you definitely get a lot more respect <laughs> when, uh, than I'm sure other dads would that, that have never even been in that environment until, you know, living kind of vicariously through their kids. Well, I think you just mentioned the, the experience yourself that, that you know, you come prepared with questions to ask the coaches because you've been through it yourself uh, through college. And uh, you're also very smart in saying, look, I want, you know, at some point, let me leave the room so the coaches uh, can talk to my son and he, they can interact and they get a better sense of not only what RJ is like, but RJ can get a better sense himself uh, of what they're like to interact with because it is, you know, let's face it, having a, a former NFL player uh, as a dad there can be intimidating. It's, it's as simple as that. Let's, uh, let's uh, take some calls at uh, 1-877-337-6666. Let's start this morning with Frank over in, in Kings Point. Frank, good morning. You're on the fan. 
Good morning, guys. Uh, great topic today. I just want to waste my uh, my story. Uh, first of all, it's very important that the school fit the student. It may not be the greatest school in the world, but if the student fits the school and vice versa, then that's that's where you're going to go. My daughter was recruited by 32 Division One and Division Two lacrosse schools. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. We narrowed it down to three schools, with an Ivy League school being one of them. I got a call from one of the coaches towards the, towards the end, and I voiced my voiced my concerns to the to the coach, saying my daughter is not a very good student. She's an average student at best, and you know Ivy League. I understand that the academic requirements are very very hard. Yep. He went on to say, "Don't worry about it. We'll put her in general studies. We'll push her through." Now, I don't want my daughter pushed through. I want my daughter to get an education. So we declined on that school. We went to a school down south. Before her first college game, she tore her ACL. Oh. Okay, I'll never forget the phone call. We were home eating dinner. I got the call. She was crying her eyes out. We went down there. She had the operation. She recovered. The next year, they redshirted her. In her first exhibition game at Duke University, she tore her ACL again. Oh. Okay, college career over. Okay, the moral of the story, Rich, is the education is the most important thing. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You have to put the education first, and you have to have the school fit the student. Not all schools are a fit for the student. I don't have a vacation home in Hyannis. I'm not a senator's son. And some of these Ivy League schools, this is what you're going to be dealing with. So you have to have the school fit the student. And uh, like I said, that was my experience, and that's all I have to say, Rich. A big fan of yours, and keep up the great work. Uh, thank you, Frank. And, and Roman, that's exactly, and again, Frank, Frank's story about his daughter going through not one but two ACL injuries and how important it is to find the school that fits the son or daughter. Uh, look, I, nobody wants to talk about injuries uh, you know, with their kids, but clearly you, you've seen your, you know, your share of injuries over the years from your own yep. career. I mean, you talked to RJ's a big kid. He's 6'4", you know, 240. I mean, certainly you must talk to him about, about look, injuries do happen. Well, I always say um, you, can't, you can't control what you can't control. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's, there's a child development part of this thing um, that we could probably talk about as well. The, 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 multiple, the multiple camps and clinics, and, and, and by the time you get to high school, you have 200,000 miles in your body, and I'm not saying that's the case with this gentleman's uh, daughter, but right. those kinds of sports, lacrosse, soccer, basketball, are, are very volume-intensive. So, you know, you have three, four tournaments in a day, and, and going back and forth, you know, football's not like that. And, and I think with football, the good news is, you know, you spend 90% of your time practicing, watching film, preparing yourself, uh, because of the, the, the physical toll in your body, but um, I, we, I kept RJ away from that extra lacrosse camp, the extra training, the extra speed work. I mean, at ten, twelve years old, you know, to pay someone to have him do agility ladders for for three, four days a week. I mean, you don't you don't really develop speed. Um, you you only you're, you only your body just gets used to a pattern, and you get better at doing that pattern, and so. Speed and all that stuff—it it all comes up to it, it all matches with you. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, but where you end up physically and how you learn how to use your body, you play within your body, like that's a whole different physical discussion. So injuries do happen, and and I don't say, say hey, you could get injured, you could get injured, but we always say protect your body, and but 
I think the big news is it's important to go to the right school, which is I agree with that gentleman 100. percent Tell me, tell me did, did R.J. play other sports? Yeah, and 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 um, when he was born, <laughs> I, I told my wife that uh, I mean, literally, she was on the on the operating table in the you know in the hospital. I said he he won't play until middle school football. Just don't worry. I don't want you to have any anxiety about football, and I'm not going to stuff a football in his hand tomorrow morning when he. When he wakes up, um, you know, he played rec basketball, rec lacrosse, rec soccer, um, I mean, through, you know, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. Um, because of his, his, his weight, we had weight limit restrictions. So, he, you know, he played football and started in seventh grade. Um, he was learning how to play and, and, you know, dealing with the expectations. And people think you're just going to be a stud when you walk on the field because of who your dad is. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned Howard Cross in that because we, we had these discussions about our boys, you know, several times. It, it's you've got to make the unpopular decision about not only what to put your kids in and what not to do, um, because you've, you've seen the end of the movie. You, you know that your kids are going to net out pretty well, you know, in, in 16, 17 years old, but raising the best, you know, fourth-grade all-star was never the goal here. And, yeah. and I think as a parent, you've got to make sure you, you, you're making the unpopular. If you're okay making the unpopular decision at the expense of, you know, some of these coaches that say, hey, don't you want to play another season? And, you know, you should do fall across because you can keep the stick swinging. And when deep down inside, I mean, those towns in northern Jersey, you know, where I live, and you know, your, your summit, you know, uh, uh, Mountain Lakes, Kinawan, where we used to live, and, and some of those, I mean, you, you, you take these 30 kids and, and try to do the same sport all year long, and then they start to fizzle out by middle school. And so nothing's worth having your kids have a bad experience or getting to the the end of the movie, like I say, you know, your high school, junior, senior year, or sophomore year, and you just don't want to play anymore. I think as long as we can achieve that, where, where a kid gets to high school and they're passionate and they, they want to contribute to the team and they they don't mind getting up at 5.30 in the morning for workouts and all that stuff, um, because when, when you're in college, now you're on their dime, you have to do that. You, you better you better like what you're doing if you're going to be in that position. So, now, and, and obviously the school and the social aspect of, 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 of that is as important as well. Uh Roman, and we're, and we're, we're talking this morning with Roman Oban uh, about uh, raising uh, a top D1 uh, college football prospect. You know, I, I do want to ask you very quickly, because obviously uh, you are the NFL's director of youth and high school football. Um, you know, we've had endless conversations about concussions, so I don't want to go into that. But you just mentioned before that, that you were your own son. He didn't start playing tackle football until, what, 7th or 8th grade? Yeah. T- tell me how this all works with the NFL's philosophy these <clears throat> days about, you know, trying to, in, in, you know, uh, engender the next generation of young football players. Well, I think you've seen the, the discussion about football. Um, There's a very discussion about when you should play. And, yeah, and, and yeah. it. It, it, it come, we don't have a position. Um, I think we, you know, USA Football is a national governing body, and, and they provide a lot of tremendous, you know, educational resources uh, and certifications to parents and coaches on the youth end. And if you live in Texas and you live down south where, where, where football is king and, and you've got kids that are playing at a younger ages and have great experiences, um, and they get better and, and, they, and they're coached well and then they get to high school and they have great experiences, uh, if you live up north, if you live somewhere else where that's not the case, so you may do other sports like lacrosse and then pick up football later. It's, it's entirely up to the parent at that dinner table, and I think, you know, in no way should um, uh, government or, or anyone else or any jurisdiction like dictate when a child should play any sport because of child development stages are different across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's that's always my advice as a parent, um, not so much. 
from the NFL standpoint or, or, or a, a governing uh, standpoint of when no, nothing should dictate when your kid should play other than the parents and the child and, and their their comfort level and, and their their level of you know about wanting to play that sport. No, I, I hear you. Let's uh, let's continue with our callers here. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Paul over in Tom's River. Uh, hey, Paul. Good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rich and Roman. It's a pleasure to talk to both of you. Yeah. Uh, Roman, congratulations on raising what seems like such a nice young man. Um, so thank you. That. Um, I wanted to find out if, if you have been exposed to the dark side of recruiting. Obviously, your son is a Division One athlete, and I know with basketball and the Adidas scandal that's been going on with paying kids, and I just wanted to find out if, because of who you are and what your job is, have you not been exposed to that, or have you seen that? Because obviously some of these Division One schools will do just about anything to, to get a talented athlete that could help them. Uh, th- thanks for that question. Uh, you know, we didn't... I didn't experience that as much, and, and obviously, I, full disclaimer: I said I went to Louisville early in, in the segment, um, and we've I've seen you know the vacated national championship in 2013, and some of the things that the school went through, and it's really unfortunate um, when anyone has to go through that. But I mean, we played everything by the book, and and we made sure you know I think after September 1st, junior year, coaches can start uh, texting uh, or DMing you on Twitter. Um, I mean, you know, there were most of the schools did that. Um, I don't, you know, I've had to learn these new rules this year about contact, and um, but in no way did did we did I really experience any any of those negatives with payments. And you're talking about basketball, which is a totally different animal, where these kids are identified in seventh, eighth grade, and in terms of their NBA uh, potential, um, football's different, obviously. Um, uh, but no, we we didn't experience any of that. Um, thank goodness, okay. and I think that's why, given the institutions we, we, we were looking at, um, good tradition, uh, things, you know, history of doing things the right way, and, and not the other way around. So yeah. we were good in that yeah. regard. Paul, thank, oh, thank you, you for the call. I appreciate it, it Roman. You know, it, it's just it's just so refreshing uh, to have a chance to talk to somebody like yourself, who, again, you know, when I, when I speak to sports parents all the time. Uh, you mentioned how you know <laughs> you haven't gone through this yourself, not only as as a, as a player but also now as a as a dad. It's a complicated process, and of course the the, the essence of talking to your son, preparing him for the recruiting process, tell him what's going to happen when he goes to college, and then you know obviously there, there's going to be adversity. There perhaps might be injuries down the road, but the and you, the essential element of being you know, using the education, that's the top priority in terms of his young life and, and to really understanding that he's well prepared uh, to go to a school like Duke and, and to handle the academic challenges there as well. Uh, Roman, I, I, I just um, I can't thank you enough for coming on this morning to talk about this openly because it's something that I think uh, all of all sports parents really need to hear. And again, if it comes from someone like yourself who's been there, it just has that much greater, uh, greater weight to what, 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 your, what people need to hear. Yeah, no problem. And I can stay on for the next segment. I would just say that, you know, for a parent, just three things. Focus on the process and not the end result, because that's where you learn about yourself, learn about your kid and, and what they like, what they don't like. And uh, um, and it's okay to fail. <laughs> you know, it's okay <laughs> to not be good at something. Um, and then, you know, don't be afraid to make the unpopular decision, you know, and well, that's not playing or not doing a, a, an extra sport or the same sport 10 months out of the year. Well, Roman, can, can you stay for another segment? Absolutely. All right, let me, uh, let's do that because obviously a lot of people want to get through and talk to you as well. Let me take a, a timeout. When I return, we'll go right back to your call. Stay with me. Radio.com. Radio.com. 
And back here on uh, Rick Wolf's uh, Sports Edge. Uh, don't forget, 9 o'clock this morning, it is a Malusis and Deal. Mark Malusis and Dave Deal talking about the NFL. That starts at 9 right after this show. Uh, quick reminder, our Sports Psychology Symposium uh, slated to uh, take place on December 5th at 7 p.m. at the Fairlawn Rec Center in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Now, I'm going to be talking about all things related to sports psychology. There will also be a book signing of my new book, Secrets of Sports Psychology Revealed. Uh, you can buy tickets at the door, $20 for adults, $10 for teenagers and senior citizens. Um, and if you want to purchase them in advance, not a bad idea. Let me give you two options here. You can go to Brown Paper Tickets online and find the event number 366 1337. I'll repeat that for you. Brown Paper Tickets, uh, event number 366 1337. Or you can call our friend Jack Smithlin. Uh, call him directly at 201 693 2557. Again, Jack's number is 201 693 2557. Uh, we're talking this morning with Roman Oban. We're talking about what it's like to be a former NFL player, having your son go through the recruiting process and, and what that's involved and what's that entail. And, and it's an interesting kind of situation, particularly if you are a sports parent yourself. Uh, and we're taking calls at one 337 6666 Roman, let's continue on. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go over to West Orange, and Roland is standing by. Roland, good morning. You're on the fan. What a wonderful topic. You know, um... I'm 66 years old, and I coached children for 33 consecutive years, mm -hmm. not, in, not in football. But I noticed when they changed that you could go to any school, they changed the districts and everything. Um, I, I want to address Roman on this. You, you had mentioned very prestigious high schools. My question is, does it make a difference what high school you choose to send your son or daughter to where they're going to be looked at more than another school? That's a good question. Roland, thank you for that. Roman, what about that? Does it make a difference? about Why did you send your son to St. Peter's Prep? Well, I went to, uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. and went to uh, Gonzaga High School. Sure. Um, so it's all boys Jesuit school. And, and I, I just, you know, I'm old school. I believe in that philosophy. So it, it had nothing to do with, with, uh, uh, any, anyone that lives in New Jersey understands the, the Bergen Bosco and, and all those, you know, all that competition with, it, it had nothing to do with that uh, by any means. I just wanted him to go to an all boys school, um, just for that, that part of his male development. Uh -huh. Um, but just from an athletic standpoint, it's 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 probably best to go to a, a high school where you think you can have the best experience, uh, where you you'd, you'd get on the field. Um, I have to. I'll embarrass uh, DJ Nymphis. He's head coach at Riverdale, um, in Oradell, New Jersey, public school. You know the, he doesn't. They don't always get the the, the top top athletes in the in the state because um, a lot of them go to Bergen right down the street or go to wherever. But again, he maximizes his kids. They all run track. They play multiple sports. So it's. At the end of the story, when you're standing there on senior day and you're with your mom and your parents and you give them the flower, you want to know that you, you, you had the best experience um, that you could. And, and if, 
down south, like the, the public schools or big county schools. You've got smaller schools. Up north, it's different. You've got more population density. So you really have to decide for yourself and your family what makes the most sense. I, I think it doesn't matter. And, um, and, and, and speaking of this discussion, you know, you don't want the public schools to be depleted uh, because then, you know, you'll, you'll see, you're seeing freshman classes, freshman football uh, getting dropped at certain schools. You're seeing, you know, a 14-year-old having to play JV. And so now you're developing a 14-year-old or a 17-year-old, which physically is, is, is impossible with certain positions like the line. So it's, it's go where the, you, you can best succeed, and, and, and colleges will find you, just like NFL, NFL scouts will find you at any college. Um, so it, it's, it's, that, that's my approach. Yeah, and I, I would just, uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at schools, I mean, to me, the, the bottom line is, uh, you know, find a school, as you said, Roman, where your son or your daughter is going to succeed. That would mean, suggest to me that if you're going to go to a school where at least the, your youngster is going to have a chance to play and play yeah. a lot, um, you may be on a terrific high school squad, but if they don't... Um, you know, if your kid's on the second or third string and never really sees the field, that's not going to be a situation where they're going to succeed because they're not really getting much playing time. Um, so clearly, you got to find that kind of environment where your where your youngster is going to play. Yeah, and and it's it's hard playing Division three athletics. It, it's hard playing at any level where you're you're balancing your your social life and school and and and, and classes um, with with sports and traveling. You know, writing a paper on your laptop on a plane or on a, on a sixteen passenger van, driving up to to Albany or, or, or wherever to play a game, you know, that, that's not easy. You know, my wife played uh, Division three volleyball um, at NYU, mm-hmm. and where it's you don't get academic preference for classes it's because it's Division three. You've mm-hmm. got to balance everything around. You're not getting paid to go to school. You're on financial aid or some sort of grant. or You know, it's, it's, we, we look at it on both ends, so I, we always had a well-balanced approach to, to, to that decision. Um, yeah. You know, I live in Montclair, New Jersey, and 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 I coach Fiore is a great coach, and you know, and I I I like this community, and so you got to make the best decision for your your uh, your kids. I hear you. Let's uh, let's go quickly to uh, Mike over in East Rockway. Hey, Mike, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. Um, Roman, what a topic. Um, you know, Roman, I, I believe everything you said uh, is true, especially um, with a child who wants to play football. Uh, seventh, eighth grade is the perfect time to, to begin. Uh, and the guidance that you've uh, uh, given on the air, the parents have to realize, like you said, don't look at the end result. Look at the process. Yep. Academics is primary. Visit as many schools as you can. Speak to as many coaches. And, and I'm sure, Roman, that people um, you know, listen to you because as a former NFL player, you know what you've been through, you've been there, done that. And your son, I wish him the best. <clears throat> He's a Division One blue chip uh, recruit, and uh, you know some some parents really get caught up in this thing. Uh, Roman and Rick, and you've said it on your show, Rick. Uh, if your daughter or son doesn't fit a, a perfect uh, a certain profile, a size and height, Division two, three schools. I played some college baseball D two. It's a different animal. W- whatever you do, uh, make sure that school is a perfect fit for you in every way, especially an accent on uh, primary academics. Yeah, so. I, Mike, and I know you have kids who played 
at the yep. collegiate level as well. So you've been through these wars, but I got to tell you, in the end, you got to find the right fit for your son or daughter uh, because uh, you know it's, it's it's a very very rare opportunity to play at the collegiate level, and um, you want them Definitely. to enjoy it uh, because yeah. and, and and Mike, thanks as always for the call. You Thank know, you, Rick. You bet, Mike. And, and you know, the fact is that that. Roman, you know, so many kids, and I've covered this in the show as well, a lot of kids go off to college and they don't have a, a positive experience, yeah. uh, and that's, that's a shame. But um, i, I got to tell you, the, uh, the people obviously have been calling all morning about to get on to talk to you, and, and I just can't thank you enough for, for sharing your, your insights and thoughts about this um, because I do think it's an important topic. And, again, you bring great gravitas and credence to this because you've been through this uh, as a player yourself and now as a dad. Uh, Roman, I, I, um, I thank you again. Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on RJ next year when, he, when he's playing for the Blue Devils. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. Th- thank you so much. That, of course, is Roman Oban, a 12-year veteran of the NFL, who is obviously a, a very much uh, you know, serious sports parent. His son, RJ, the top player at St. Peter's Prep defensive end, 6'4", 240, and still growing and very fast, and he's heading off to Duke next year to play uh, uh, for them as well. Um, yeah, just great stuff. Okay, let me take a quick timeout. I'll be back. Stay with me. so delighted to have Roman come on the show this morning because as I said it's one thing to, to to hear or to talk about the topic of college recruiting and again I come at this from from the angle not only having been a, a college coach for a number of years who did recruiting uh, but also as a sports parent myself and I remember very vividly because uh, I did in a much lesser degree obviously because Roman played for you know, a dozen years in the NFL. Uh, you know, I had played a, a few years in the minors, did not get to the big leagues, but I did play pro ball, and I obviously had played in high school and college. And I know growing up, uh, my wife and I raising our own three kids, thinking about what we're going to do. Uh, we don't want to put too much overt pressure on our youngsters when it comes to, uh, you know, athletics and, and whatever. So we, we were very cautious about uh, making them known to them that, you know, while well, I'd had some success as an athlete, I just wanted them to have the chance to explore sports on their own and, and to enjoy the experience and to let themselves, you know, find their own way. Uh, you know, my, my son, uh, for example, uh, John loved playing ice hockey at a young age or in soccer. And I, I had, <laughs> I never played soccer. So I had to learn the rule book and watch videotapes to learn the rules of soccer and some of the skills. Certainly ice hockey. Uh, I never learned how to skate as a kid. Um, my daughter, Alyssa, was a swimmer. I wasn't much of a swimmer. Uh, and, and Samantha played lacrosse. I never played lacrosse. So I was learning as we went along, but I was very conscious of the fact I want them to enjoy sports, what they what they wanted to do, as opposed to having them trying to follow in my footsteps. Now, as it turned out, my son John went on to become a pretty good baseball player as well. Uh, didn't play football. I had played football and had success with football as too. But point is, this whole process of sports parenting, it's complicated. We know that. And hearing from somebody like Roman Oban and how he raised his son RJ to embrace the process and uh, you know, learn about how important academics are. Because in the end, long past the athletic career, it's the academics that are pretty much going to drive your career. It's as simple as that. Okay, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Pete Kennedy. Please stick around for Malusis and Deal. They're up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.